if you or a loved one gets hurt, you'll want a faster road to recovery. At Leia Healthcare's Urgent Care Clinics, you'll be seen by a consultant-led team in 60 minutes or less for injuries including breaks, burns and bubumps. Switch now at leiahealthcare.ie. Always a beat ahead for you and your family with urgent care in 60 minutes or less. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Urgent care clinics available to all aged 12 months and over. Wellbeing benefits available to Leia Healthcare members. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, called butt of a gun and put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, OK, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Wackler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. This week I'm talking to a very, very famous figure in the history of Irish tech and the internet, Jerry McGovern of NUA. Jerry, you're welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks, Adrian. Um, thanks for having me. Jerry, we're going to talk today about your latest book, which is called Worldwide Waste. We're going to get into that. You've actually written, I think, eight books at this point. Eight books, yeah. Eight books. Um, yeah, so you've been pretty busy. Um, I just want to ask you a little bit first about some of those early days, um, about building new, uh, about what the climate was like in Dublin at the time. Um, what do you remember about that period? Oh, yeah, I remember one week, uh, there was three of us started, uh, uh, Nyla Sullivan, who went on to has developed a very successful business from a kind of the ashes of newer the the software, and Anton Lockdown. And I remember uh, myself and Niall one week uh, taking the Golden Pages, the business directory, and I took A to M, and he took N to a Z, and we rang every. This was about 1996 or, or, or so, 95. We rang every single business, I think, practically in Ireland, and we didn't get a single inquiry, you know, from, you know, what's the internet? What's that? Or, you know, what what do you talk? You know, like it was it was very in the early years, it was it was desperation. Because what were you just, what were you trying to sell them? Well, we were trying to sell them a website, you know, mm. you know, back then it was build a website, the most basic, you know, thing that that mm. you could get going on. And um you know, then uh, I remember um, we were working away trying to do these sort of little clever things like how do you calculate if you need a website? You know, these uh, walk through things uh, where you're asked a series of questions and and stuff like that. And 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 um, and um, we got some got some interest from uh, um, Declan Ganley, who of more recent fame and all sorts of worlds and things like that. And, and uh, Declan got on to us and said, oh, I know all these investors and Wall Street and everything. And it was all, we were amazed. We were thinking, oh, he's really interesting. And he was, but then it all fell through, you know, so there was all this big promise of bringing you a meet, 
Wall Street and, and then that that disappeared and we were just three of us were sitting there and, and uh, at that thinking, point well, when that contact had been made like what were you thinking what was the best case scenario for you well we didn't know because you were just you know I, I like I just came across the web you know maybe around 94 or something and I was a freelance journalist at the time and you I worked just for thought, Hot Press right I worked for Hot Press and anyone and and anyone who take me and bits and pieces, but mainly for Hot Press, mainly as a music journalist. But I was doing a bit of technology journalist for Technology Ireland because I just had an interest in in that area. And I saw the Internet and I just thought this is going to change the world. You know, this and I didn't know how, you know, how we'd get involved. But, you know, I convinced that. Uh, well, Anton Lockton was already I- into it. I found him on some discussion boards, and I convinced Niall Sullivan, who was an industrial designer at the time. I said, "This is, the, you know, this. We don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we got to, we got to get into this, and we got to get started." And 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 so, uh, at the time when, <clears throat> for example, by the stage that you were starting to talk to potential investors, as you thought, yeah. maybe Declan Ganley, may, maybe others. What was it that you thought that this might lead to? Did you? Did you well, one of the one of the things we were trying to really drive uh, was this concept that became Local Ireland at Aircom, and it was a community type. It was, but but within an Irish context, so it was it was a structured community type of environment with with with. The, the idea was that, you know, that that you'd have a kind of a, a common structure for all the counties and the parishes where everybody could come on and, you know, the, the, the same um, architecture, information architect. And it was about to create this community type. Hyper-local. Hi, yeah, hyper-local type of, type of stuff. So that was that was our core concept that we were selling. But then it was just consultants and, and we ended up. We got a, a contract. Um, we got one of the first contracts in the states with the American Export Register, where we 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 designed basically a ser- a very primitive search engine and a, a directory, a database to allow their directory to be translated into multiple languages. I was about ninety seven, ninety eight. So we were we were dabbling in lots of bits and pieces. And, and I mean, I, I remember at the time, I didn't start in tech journalism actually till about 2000, 99, 2000. And I was in journalism actually in one of Hot Press's rivals in Dublin magazine from 97 right. uh, to, to 99, also doing a bit of uh, rock journalism. Um, yeah. But I do remember even back in those days, Nua was one of the companies that was referenced an awful lot. You had like Trintec and Baltimore and knew it was yeah. right up there in terms of how it was referenced. And, but about 80% of people you talked to didn't really know what knew it did or what it was yeah. trying to actually. Well, what, one of the reasons we were known so well is that we did another thing, a kind of, which is a kind of like very early blogging. I, I did this report for the Irish government. That was what got me going. It became Ireland, the digital age, the internet uh, in, from about 94 to 96. And as I was doing the report, I was doing, I was finding out lots of sources. Where's the growth and statistics? And I thought, wow, I think lots of people are probably be looking for that sort of stuff, you know, statistics. So I created this page or this site where I amalgamated all the latest trends in, in, you know, what was happening in different countries. And it was just a little snippet and then a link to the story. Mm. So it's kind of like early blogging and amalgamation of stories, something like Google News. What has Google, but very, very early manual built 
version of that. And that became hugely popular for a while. We had about a quarter of a million people. And so we were over in New York and Javits Center at the Internet World. And people say, oh, new. And, but of course, they, they knew us for new Internet surveys. Yeah, yeah. They didn't necessarily know the other stuff. But that's what made us world famous in the sense, because loads of people were needing that sort of because they were putting proposals together. Where am I going to get data on the growth of the internet? And we were a kind of one of the very first a kind of portals that amalgamated all that statistical data on the growth of the internet. The, and that's kind of what made us famous in a way. There was a nice story I saw somewhere, I don't know if it's true or not, where you said you came up for the idea for internet service, internet surveys by from listening to rap music. Probably, yeah, yeah. Well, that that was, you know, I mean, the, the idea of sampling, sampling you know, yeah. I often, about uh, picking bits and pieces and picking the best pieces and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a kind of, you know, I'd forgotten that now, you know, but uh, I was a big, I was big into rap. I, I interviewed Ice-T. You interviewed uh, Ice-T? I did, yeah, yeah. For Hot I did Press. For Hot Press and, and, and uh, at, uh, uh, many years ago. So I was, uh, I was big into Public Enemy in the early days and that sort of stuff. and. It's kind of yes. it's kind of almost hard to imagine because the rap scene back my naive suburban exposure to the rap scene was like Run DMC, the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Um it didn't really extend too much further than that. People like Ice T and Ice Cube were considered to be dangerous, you know, they're considered yeah, to be kind yeah. of edgy. And then NWA came along and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um and Boogie Down Productions, I don't know if you remember them or they they were I was more, I came into, I suppose I had a bit of a political angle as well. And it was involved, not directly in politics, but I was, I was interested in that a lot of the, there was this side of Gil Scott Hearn, you know, I don't know if you ever heard, heard, heard of him, so, but he was very early, he, he would do a lot of spoken word type of stuff. And, and, mm. and uh, so there was a kind of this political angle of rap as well. There was also, and then I, I think when Public Enemy came along, 90 was the 495 they they blew up in a lot of enemy really were at them on the front page they were album of the year for you know two or three years into i actually saw public enemy in i think it was the rds i late. saw i think yeah and, yeah and, and I, that, at that point i mean they were they were great but at that point they did i think it, they had lost it a bit it did yeah, occur to me that they had sort of gone over into pepsi cola yeah, you know, branding yeah. Stuff. I, I think I was at, we were at the same gig right. and I was disappointed by that. They didn't have that, you know, you still had, um, what you call them, uh, with the huge big clock. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, something, uh, uh, not, uh, Taser, no, what's, uh, what's his name? Um, it, 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 the same letter starts, this, it's something, something. I know, I know, I know, it's terrible, it's terrible. What? Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav, Flavor Flav, that's Flavor it. Flavor yeah. Flav. Yeah, yeah, he he still had his big clock head, but they didn't have the energy. Uh, yeah. I think I think they'd lost a bit of it by the time we were seeing them. Who there was a very successful tech entrepreneur now, um, uh, super awesome Dylan. Oh God, my name's is absolutely going on me now. He used to write column for me for about a year, right? And he used he was a tech column. And it was a really good column uh, on how to do it, how to right treat staff and everything and he, he's had a few uh, companies along the way but he was a rap obsessive he'd start every column with <laughs> with a rap quote and ended it with a rap quote and some of the quotes were 
they're not, we weren't family newspaper quotes, you know? I know so I, yeah, now he stopped yeah. writing for me after about nine or 10 months, but um, yeah. uh, why can't I remember? Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Oh God, it'll come to me before the end of this podcast. Right. Anyway, okay. um, anyway, listen, mo- moving on. Um, the, so knew it came about, you had uh, this incredibly successful newsletter as well. And then local Ireland, uh, as yeah. well. And then Aircom or Telecom Air at the time came in. Yeah. And this was one of the big things. We weren't used to this in Ireland. You know, a startup selling a big chunk to a big company for five million pounds or something. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah. What, what it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what was that? What was that like at the time? It was surreal. And, and you know, you know, the whole I remember that whole time. I remember um, and we then we were going for another round and we had all these big investment companies coming in to see us. And at one stage we were valued something ridiculous, like 250 million euro or something, or dollars. And I remember saying to Nihilus, I was saying, well, Aer Lingus is valued at 300 million or 350 million. How could we be valued at this? It was just, it was a kind of, you were just thinking this is so, and, and it became, you know, you were part of almost, I don't know, you'd say pyramid scheme or this kind of gold or this fanatical or this moment of you know madness well this was Absolute. the late 90s wasn't it i mean this was this was the late this 90s. Is baltimore this the technologies late. valued at i don't know it was a billion or yeah, two but it, billion it, 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 not, or, not just valued it floated it was a it was a traded yeah. commodity a stock market um Trintech was the Iona Technologies was, was Iona the other huge one and, and yeah. you you worked with some you worked with Trintech right we days. well, we certainly had had uh, relationships, mm. you know, did did bits and pieces of work, and it was great. It was a tremendously exciting time that you often felt, what's happened? I'm out of my depth, you know. I kind of it was just everything was moving so quickly, and um, I remember looking at one in- investor guy saying, "And you're going to have to open twenty offices now within eighteen months," in <laughs> in your I was thinking, how how do you do? Oh, don't worry about that. You know, you know, and it was just that sort of frenetic. You got to grow extraordinarily fast, and you got to, you know, because you got to create that momentum, etc. And uh, so it was, it was, um, it was a real roller coaster. And then, mm. of course, it crashed. <laughs> yeah, well, it did, but but the the crash was really only a four to five year gap, six year gap until most of what was being built at that time really came back with a vengeance. I mean, Amazon's did, obviously the did, great story, you know. It did. You know, I, I think somebody, uh, you know, it was a real, you know, chastening type of time when it all, you know, fell asunder. And, and uh, you know, you can see a thousand mistakes and and, and uh, that that occurred. But I think I think the basic ideas you know that of around content management or around structure around you know the social space like the local Ireland had new adwords been launched a little bit earlier stuff like that and I know there's problems I talk about in the book with the advertising model but we had no model uh, we had this community and a fair reasonable amount of traffic but there was no model to to monetize it and and you know the the booking the um, B B and B. We had a relationship with with uh, a, a company in Kerry that was managing the booking um, 
engine, but the booking engines were very, very primitive. Mm. It was very difficult to book. A, uh, we were t- trying to hook into bed and breakfast and stuff like that. And But it was just, it was too painful to book a bed and breakfast. You know, the, the te- technology was just not mature enough. I remember uh, in 99, uh, I worked for the Sunday Business Post and I was put on a beat to try and talk to local businesses around the country, ring them up and say and ask them, what do you think of uh, e-commerce technology? What, what are, yeah. are you considering? And most of them, and these were small business, like, and some of them would have yeah. been B&Bs. And the, the common answer at the time was, we are currently investigating the possibility of getting an email address. I mean, it was, that, that was yeah. the, that, that definitely yeah. was, was the level. Uh, what, what the, even if you had come up with the AdWords model and there, there was a framework for you to do that, I'm wondering whether you think that you still would have been able to run with it. I mean, would you have had the, the ruthlessness not. and the, like you look at yeah. the Google guys, you look particularly Zuckerberg, you look at guys like Bezos. I mean, they are yeah. driven. They're driven. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I, I think probably, you know, and and um, and the tech foundation, you know, that they ultimately began to build all the, you know, technological expertise around them and, and, and where they were. Yeah, I mean, they basically destroyed all before them. In, in their, in, I mean, they're they're either buying or killing or, mm. you know, so, you know. Assimilating, I, they're like I, the Borg. They are, they mm. are. And, and and I think, you know, that's an, a, a larger, bigger problem. I think, you know, when you look at how devastated with this COVID-19 mm. small businesses have, have been and how, you know, um, Zuckerberg and Bezos are a hundred billion richer, mm. and how the this this concentration of power and wealth has just is just accelerating. But that's that's another story. Yeah. Probably we wouldn't have succeeded. I I, I think yeah. I think you know we, uh, it, it's hard to guess, but certainly we we were we had a lot of weaknesses as well. Mm. You, you've become quite critical in the last few years, I think it's fair to say, as anybody who follows you on Twitter, for example, yeah. uh, would know. And also uh, some of the uh, the essays and the posts that you write on jerrymcgovern.com. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, is the right word disillusioned, critical, <laughs> cynical? What, because yeah, you, you, I, I, you've, I think, you're, you're pretty angry about, about yeah, a, a few of these yeah, well, things. I, I, I think the, you know, the dream or that you thought that this was a, a great emancipation, you know, that this that this would be a distributed network, you know, that this would really, and to see really, no, it's kind of the opposite that has happened. Uh, and that there's this incredible concentration of power in technology companies. And that these technology companies, like I saw this chart last week where they said, the average uh, US employee pays about 25% tax the average U.S. technology company pays 5% tax. Not alone do they make fabulous profits, which are which are way bigger than any businesses like them, you know, the margins that they mm. have. But they pay practically nothing on those fabulous profits. I don't know how they've managed to, to, to really do it. I think it's one of the greatest cons of 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 the last 50 years how they've able to concentrate so much wealth and so much cash to make incredible margins and pay hardly any tax i mean they've got re- really clever uh people working with well the it isn't isn't the received wisdom that it's just scale that because it's their internet businesses 
They've never had to deal with the physical borders, regulatory borders, political, legal borders. And why borders. not? Isn't that mad, Adrian? Why not? Like, why do the rest of us have to? Why? How did they get this dispensation that they don't, you know, that they don't, even for years, VAT was a, oh, shouldn't we shouldn't even have to pay VAT? <laughs> yeah. so like, they were even saying, well, why should we even have to pay? How the hell? Do, and I think part of it is the, the magic the technology, the halo of magic that, oh, because when I see a lot of senior people, either politicians, or, I remember once dealing with the UK government and, and uh, this guy was telling me, he says, let me tell you about senior civil servants, you know, and how they react to technology. Anyway. Yeah, they, they, you know, when technology comes up, they either go, oh, or, or they try and get under the table. So it's either one or two react. They're scared shitless of it. They don't understand it. Or else they go, it's the magic. It's the magic. I don't understand it, but I love it. It's it's the future. It's everything like that. But was, so, was that not like, was that not the reaction for you when you were writing the report for government back in the, the late 90s or when you were, you, you were approaching some of these big companies? I mean, one or two of them, they must have reacted like that as well, did they? Well, they did, you know, they did, I, I, absolutely. But it's still even to this day, there is there is a lack of understanding of technology or, you know, a kind of that it gets away with things mm. that are, you know, the, these tech companies. Yeah. What about the, the argument that these companies would make or probably the PR people would make <laughs> is that um, that if you take a company like Amazon or Apple or Facebook or Google, yeah. Like four of these, those five uh, or Microsoft, four of them are now worth over a trillion dollars. Four yeah. of them are now valued at over a trillion dollars. And yeah. that has only happened since the pandemic started. Yeah. But they would say that the concentration of wealth there is distributed because they're publicly traded stocks, which means that your pension fund and my pension fund probably has shares in them. So whereas Jeff Bezos is definitely ticks a lot of the boxes for a Dr. Yeah. Evil. Um, yeah. Tim Cook, I'm not sure if Tim Cook has been here. He might be a billionaire at this yeah, point, yeah. but it's a slightly more just because so many individuals and so many companies own a piece of Apple. Yeah, well, that, I mean, there's an argument, but at the same time, look at what Apple is doing with App Store and the and the, they're, oh, they're, they're in trouble becoming, on that. Yeah, they're be, but they're becoming countries bigger than countries and, and, and than than themselves. And we look at the 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 real pressure like if all of those companies disappeared tomorrow would society really be that worse off well presumably something would just sweep in and replace what they were doing well they it? might and they, but when you think of it adrian all because that's another thing i was thinking of all this stuff how, what does it really do for society you know what has it made health much for all the investment in health and technology has has the lifespan jumped forward 20 years. I mean, it's the, if you look at the, this modern tech thing, I kind of really took off in the 70s, right? Mm. Uh, middle class wages have flatlined. The middle class is shrinking. In in every tech-rich company, uh, the middle class is in decline. All these jobs that they're creating, uh, other than the jobs that I do and that you were, we were lucky in the space in warehouses. I, I mean, it's like slave labor. I mean, you, it's like you're, you're, you're monitored every second. You can hardly go to the toilet in these. They're monitoring every step you take. Oh, you're, every, you're painting a very dark picture here, Sherry. This is like 1984. 
Well, it's, I, think it, I think it's something we really need to look at, Adrian, in that what sort of world are we creating? I mean, what has happened to the middle class? Mm. It's not doing well. It's not doing well in the US. It's not that doing So for all these benefits. In, our, in Ireland, it's arguably doing okay. And I, I, we're talking, this is a very local example. But in yeah. Ireland, if you look at the middle class today, um, compared to, say, the middle class say 25 years ago or 30 years ago mm. it's very hard to say that we're not considerably better off now than we the were bit, you know if we look if we look at the macro picture of, of economies things really improved after the second world war maybe not in ireland but and they really in improved the states anyway the, yeah in the, and in you and nearly all of your nearly all of your maybe a 10-year gap but after the 50s kicked in and they things really got good up until about the early 70s mm. and then either with the oil crash but from the early 70s onwards most you know yeah you know it's much better than the 50s mm. but from the 70s onwards things have not really got from all this investment and this is what i, I looking at adrian in the book this was thinking well I, all these companies i've seen over the years and i've seen the inside of a lot of a lot of these big companies and i've looked at the tech 90 percent of the tech is crap 90 percent of intranets the the internal systems that employees are given are so atrociously badly designed out of date old you know database here 90 percent of data that is created is never used three months a- after it's created. And why? So, why do you think that? It like I I know exactly what you're saying. Anybody who's looking at this or listening to this podcast knows exactly what you're saying. They go into typically a corporate intranet or their company, and there's all sorts of bizarre, stupid pathways that you follow. Things yeah. that don't make any sense. I've always put it down to the fact that somebody bought a software license or a version seven or eight years ago, budgets have been tight. They haven't been able to swap it in, swap it out. Therefore, they're still working off a 2011 version of something. And that's just the way it keeps ticking over. Well, it's something like that, Adrian. And part, well, number one, you know, most are never get rid of old systems. So, oh, this system is crummy. We'll buy a new one, but we won't replace the old one because the, the old one has important data on it and we don't have time to take that data. So then you go forward 10 years and you got 10 training systems right in the process. But the other thing is that the sell of technology companies, and, and it was easily bought by CIOs, is technology is magic. It's a human free resource. Uh, it replaces people. You don't need management. It's magic. Oh, it self-organizes. Just add content, right? So, you know, you get these systems where the whole concept and budget was to install them. And there is nothing, there is no planning on architecture. There is no effort in architecture. There's no professional. There's no ongoing management of those systems. There's no continuous improvement of those systems. And also internally. Are we, are we not supposed to be living, though, in a cloud hosted environment now is, where Amazon no. Web Services hosts it and somebody else uh, looks yeah, after the well, content like, management? True, true. But uh, Adrian, Crap on the ground is the exact same as crap in the cloud. It's still crap. It's raining crap on you, right? You're walking in crap. It's still the same smell. It's still the same shit. Mm. You know, so it doesn't matter where it is. If it's not well organized, it it doesn't matter whether it's in Pluto or in Mars or in the cloud or in your local server. It's not well organized. It's it's badly, uh, badly created data. We look at the stuff with, with AI now. You know, AI has been fed 
both biased data and crappy data. Like one of the problems in AI systems in, in gene splicing is that uh, they're making loads of mistakes because a lot of the data came out of Excel sheets and a lot of the Excel sheets turned the gene code into dates because they looked because it was eight numbers or whatever. So there have all these problems in in feeding. You know, the data is badly managed in so many environments because nobody cares about the data because they bought this idea that technology was this type of magic or this type of God. And it didn't actually require management and effort to actually truly make it work well. Mm. And one. You know, coming back to your book, one of the themes of your book is that a lot of this ends up as waste or digital waste. As waste. And the idea, the concept of digital waste for some might be a difficult one because who cares? It's digital waste. We're, we're in yeah. an era now where we can waste loads of digital. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have the same effect. But you actually point out that digital waste can actually have a physical impact on the environment. Oh, yeah. But everything digital is physical. So every every byte that has an electrical component, I mean, you can it cannot not be electrical, you know. So so all of these uh, the estimates that these data centers, right? That uh, in Ireland, what are they estimating in 2028? 30 percent of our electricity. Now that, that's not talking about water. You know, another for for cool cooling in the process, right? But what I'm I'm not saying let's stop this, let's go back. I grew up in a small farm; we didn't even have a tractor. I I don't want to go back. I like technology, but if if ninety percent of the data is crap, we don't need it. We're just collecting it for the sake of it. We're never going to use it. Why don't we put a little bit of thinking into making sure we've good quality data in in the processes and and then we can have everything and not have the waste because i i asked i did this kind of, in the last two years we've created more data than in all of previous civilization that makes right. that sounds about right yeah right and by 2035 and i looked at a number of studies they estimate we we should have over 2000 terabits of data i'm not even going to estimate a terabit of data is so big it's almost unbelievable now based on current storage prices that would cost 60 trillion dollars to store mm -hmm. that's not the the global economy is worth 80 trillion dollars we are creating data at a pace that is just it's unbelievable. And most of it is poor quality, unnecessary. And it actually gets in the way. When I worked with most internets over the years, our big organizations, Microsoft or whatever, I remember once working with, doing a lot of work with Microsoft and they had 15 million pages on Microsoft.com, 4 million of which had never been accessed. Like, like the population of Ireland of pages that nobody's ever looked at. Yeah. And you wonder why? Oh, look, because you could make the same argument for actually quite a lot of books as well. There's a lot of books. Um, my family is in publishing and uh, a lot of books never get beyond 150 sales and all of the effort that no, went you, into you, for that. You're right. And the problem is there's a book inside everyone and mm. the Internet let the book out. You know, I, well, one of the things one of the, the things I like about the yeah. way you approach this book is um I'm I'm reading here from what what you said, and you said that it's uh, you're comparing it to top tasks, which is something you were actually well known for. You worked with a lot of big yeah. companies. This idea of how to streamline uh, the the way you 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 do things, um, 
but you you said your top tasks it's epub file size was five and a half megabytes and you managed to get worldwide waste down to 0.35 megabytes yeah (laughs) <laughs> and so that, this is a 94% reduction. Yeah. So um, so therefore, and you make the point that actually that ultimately would be lighter on the environment and less polluting. Well, it would because every, uh, th- there's a basic law of con- connectivity or whatever you want to call it, Adrian, in, in relation to a megabyte has a consequence of energy, right? And and energy has a consequence of, of, way, of CO2, of pollution. Mm. So megabyte it's only a fractional we're talking about but it's almost the 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 lowest cost is the most dangerous cost because it seems invisible so if you're downloading five megabytes yeah it has more impact than if you're downloading half a megabyte i i i get that and there there was somebody made a a good um analysis i think it's something you pointed out as well that in relation to an ebook for example or an ebook reader the amount of energy that goes into making an Amazon Kindle, for, uh, for yeah. example, a waste, based on the number of books that a typical person reads, which is between four and six per year or yeah. something, it would so it take something like 20 years. It would take a long time. Mm. And see, this is what we forget. You know, th- most of the energy in, in digital is actually in the construction of the devices. About 80% of the energy is in the co- construction of devices. Now, when you combine that with short life cycle for digital devices, you're into a very wasteful environment. So the device within which we consume the digital is, is uh, as uh, most of where the energy comes, and most of it is not actually in its use. It's in its, its actually manufacture in its process. Mm. So But we never think about that. We never think because people say, oh, well, I'd have to be using my computer for something, you know, or, you know, yeah, but you like if you you use it for less things, you'll you'll have it for longer. And if you keep your computer for four years versus three years, that is a significant saving in 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 physical waste and digital waste, etc. And by the way, that's if you have one computer. I mean, I shudder to show you what my desk right now uh, is like. I can tell you it's more than one computer. I know. Um, well, Adrian, I'm a, I'm a, I'm like Paul or whatever in the road to Damascus. I mean, I'm I'm ashamed that you know I'm I'm looking at this on a small laptop downstairs, and I have an office with the biggest screen I could find, and you know, and it was only a couple of years ago. It just because I, I, I think it was Greta. Turnberg and stuff like that. And I was thinking, oh, that's great. And I, I was feeling chuffed with myself that Asher, I'm working in technology, isn't technology very green and everything like that. And, you know, th- all these devices, we, we create more physical e-waste every year that would cover Manhattan. Well, how do you mean we create e-waste? Physi- do you mean like... Oh, oh. The when construction we of gadgets and computers. When we throw away all the stuff that gets thrown away mm. in e-waste, right? Um, e-readers and laptops and desktops. Got it, yeah. Cover Manhattan and in, in every year. And it's something like 50 million uh, tons a year. And it's estimated to grow to about 120 million tons. What, what about companies like Apple, which they, they went out with a big thing a month ago saying that they were going to try and get to a carbon neutral situation in yeah. their entire manufacturing process. Yeah. Um, you then have companies like Amazon, which just yeah. this week, uh, maybe it was late last week, they announced they're building a new wind farm 
in yeah. Galway, which yeah. to, with the other wind farms in Donegal and Cork will give them, I think, said it was 225 megawatts, I think, uh, uh, d- yeah. which would they say the equivalent of powering 180,000. But it's further data yeah. centers. So yeah. maybe some of these big tech companies are starting to it's cotton something. onto this. It's so- yeah, but it's 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 we're addressing the wrong problem, Adrian, because it's not a it's not a, a cons- an energy consumption or production problem we have. It's an energy consumption problem we have. These these windmills have got to be manufactured. The electricity, one of the worst uh, environmentally damaging gas is uh, is leaked from electricity wires. I think it's called SF six. It's about two thousand times more damaging than CO two. So. A lot of these things. How much of that yeah. gets out? How much of well, that Well, I saw a BBC report which said a lot. A lot of it is leaking out because a lot of the in- electrical infrastructure is creaking in a lot of countries. But the issue, right? It's better. But the issue is, oh, now I can, now I can create even more stuff. You know, in the process, we need to consume less stuff and consume it better and have less devices and less, you know, this, uh, I think it's a bit like greenwashing in some degrees. Oh, yeah, it's okay for me to leave the screen on all day because it's renewable energy. Mm -hmm. You know, renewable energy does not give us an excuse to behave more you know, environmentally, we're doing it physically. You know, we 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 we've we've cottoned on. We want we worried about the plastic. We're, we're trying to put the glass in bottles and stuff like that. But once we get into digital, we just go drunk, wild. You so know? the typical behavior in a, in a typical family now, uh, compared to say even five years ago, is that once the kids are over eleven or so. Yeah. They all have at least one digital device, so they'll all get yeah. their own phone. There's usually one or two tablets floating around. There'll be one laptop. Yeah. There's a, at least one TV, probably two TVs. Um, you know, there, there are a lot. There's a lot going, and that's before you talk about headphones, AirPods, exactly. Uh, exactly. All, all that well, kind of. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, that's before we get into to, to smart speakers. You know, Alexa. Yeah, oh, it's all, crazy. All, all that kind of. So, I'm just trying to figure out. Where where is the scope? Ideally, where what should we be doing there? Should which of that of that material should we be potentially leaving out? Well, you know, one one thing that I looked at, you know, I had an e-reader and I said, well, I says no, I'll I'll read the book on on my phone or you know or I'll you know I've got if I have to, you know, I don't need the big screen. I'll, I'll put on my glasses, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I like. You can make child or even stuff. There, there was a study in the US which says somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of a typical electricity bill is caused by what they call vampire power. Right. And vampire power is a certainly devices that are always on mm. uh, that are consuming power. I think another crucial thing, Adrian, is having co- people coming up with ways and I know there are attempts at this in Google Nest or whoever, of telling us how much energy we're consuming. Because if you've got a, a, your smart device uh, triggering your uh, TV, depending mm. on the age of your TV, that can be extraordinarily energy intensive in the process. You know, So there's, there's all sorts of clever stuff. Like that, and going back to basics, you know, burn your own energy. You know, if you want Alexa to turn off the bloody light, 
Think of all the where that's going in a data center and maybe in Galway or maybe in Arkansas or whatever and back and forth. Whereas it would be much better for you just to get up and turn off the bloody light yourself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to argue with that point. You're you're up from from a health perspective. It's 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 completely right as well. Um, I'm just wondering, is it going to get to a critical point before people will start to think that way? Because these things are so damn convenient. I, They're so convenient. I know. Well, what kill? But it's it, it, this is what kills. Like I'm dealing. I'm trying to. I'm I'm doing an analysis with a couple of people now at the moment to try and understand the energy impact of programming languages. So like. So you're a developer and, and, and you can do, say, a form on a, a website. And now you can do it in HTML because HTML has got much better. But instead, you'll do it in JavaScript mm. because that's developer convenience because it's much it's easier to keep as much in JavaScript as possible. It makes life easier. But if we can calculate and say, well, actually, because the energy impact is not from your side, it's from every time that form is used. Right, and every time that JavaScript is downloaded. So if we can do a calculation which says if you if you create this in HTML, it creates a three x energy impact on the person's computer when they load that form. But if you do it in JavaScript, it's a ten x. You know, if we if because people are not conscious of that either as developers. I think it's raising the consciousness that just from the start that digital create it takes energy. You know, it's not energy free. Most people, like I've had people tell me, send me emails saying, "What do you mean? It's it's a bad thing to have a ten megabyte picture. Why 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 is it a bad thing? You know, than a, a one meg. This photographer's getting in touch with me, and I have to explain to them. Listen, if it's a one megabyte picture, you know, it it, it downloads faster, and it's pro and it's storage. Yeah. Oh, and actually, for right. most screens, it's fine. I, I'm always talking about this because we're we're now beginning to migrate from an era of 4k into 8k and, and that's ridiculous and I, 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 I actually have a phone i'm reviewing a phone now yeah. I, hands up i am part of this consumer kind of thing i, I review products part a part that's part yeah. of what i do for a living right but i've got a phone at the moment it's a samsung uh, note 20 ultra it records in 8k now it records video in 8k now there is no way you'll ever Exactly. I don't think you'll ever be able to meaningfully watch 8K on any screen under 25 exactly. inches or something. And yet it's it's still there. And the size of the files, a 10 second clip on that takes, I think, it's about 100 megabytes, something like that. Oh, it's, it's, it's insane. Whereas actually a 1080p, even, even 4K is kind of overkill. It's 1080, 1080p or even 720p for that size screen is actually fine. Yeah. So I know I know what you're talking about here. With the yeah, and, and see, the, you know, this is this is you've put your like uh, some of it. It makes no difference. It's just yeah. Now having marketing. said that, having said that, I have seen myself firsthand most of the tellies, the normal tellies that you now buy in Tesco are 50 inches or bigger. Yeah. If you have a yeah. 50 inch telly. There is no question that 4K does look better than 1080p right now. So if you've paid for your Netflix and you've a choice to, it's going to use a hell of a lot more data to to stream yeah. an hour of 4K. Yeah, and yet it does look better, you know. Oh, four, maybe four at a stretch, but definitely mm. not eight. No, God, no, no. And, I mean, and eight, 
<laughs> and and how much, Adrian? Relatively speaking, if 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 a four K file is ten megabyte, yeah. what's an eight K file? It's about forty megabyte, isn't it? It's like oh, oh, it's not like double. Oh, it's oh well, well, if you were to watch, well, for an hour of four K content streamed on a telly, usually yeah. is something like. I don't know, it's at least two or three gigabytes, probably more, maybe maybe yeah. four gigabytes. 8K, you're getting into 10, 12, 15 gigabytes. Yeah, it's not hour. double. It's, it's tra- like... Oh, no, because are- an 8K, and well, an 8K image is, is more than twice as big as a 4K exactly, image. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it, from a weight. And, and for, for these things, and this is, Adrian, behind the scenes, most of this data that I've never gets used it's not useful hmm. so just like the eye can't see it the mind can't use it like we we create so much stuff because we see it as limitless because it's so cheap to store hmm. because it doesn't seem like but it all adds up over to point where we have now you know uh zettabytes of data that we're creating every year instead of gigabytes a day. T- tell me before we wrap, are you, are you going to end up going off grid? Because I, f- I feel that's where this conversation is no, going. No, absolutely. See, Adrian, I think we can have the 10% and have a great life. Yeah. We can have 4K or 2K and have a great life. I'm not saying don't enjoy the stuff. Just don't waste. Try and observe where the areas of waste are. And actually, when you strip the waste away, because when we work with big companies and big, when we got rid of the 80% of crap, everything got so much better. Mm. You know, the search engine worked better, the navigation worked better, everything worked better. When you when you actually strip out the crap out of the environment, it takes it, you have a better experience. I'm not saying let's get rid of digital. I'm saying let's use it more wisely. More streamlined, and, yeah. And, than we have historically uh, used because it's like you know we've we've we're like the alcoholic and we've we've won a pub uh, in the in, in the lotto and we, you know yeah. we can't believe it you know yeah. we just need to stand back and you know and 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 we can still enjoy this stuff tremendously i don't want to go back i grew up off the grid <laughs> you know i don't i we didn't even have a tractor you have, know, have, so you, have, you, have you never been tempted to buy a tractor because that's one of those things that you'd hear somebody we never had a tractor and the first thing i did i bought a tractor no? well i no, i it wouldn't have been much good in fibsborough where no. i was at the time so <laughs> fair enough fair enough but, fair enough you know, um you jerry know. where can people get your book worldwide waste where can they get it well they, on jerrymcgovern.com there's links to all the, the, the site it's on Amazon it's on there okay. but they can read it for free on the on jerrymcgovern.com and then hopefully they think it's interesting and and, and they might buy a copy okay well Jerry it's been uh, very very interesting uh, talking to him delighted to, to have had have this opportunity and, and you, the very best of luck with the future and thank you thank you a great talking with you as well and that's all we have time for this week so from me Adrian Michael the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent I'll talk to you the same time next week. Bye-bye.